0: well happy friday and welcome to back from the brink i'm todd prinker Erin will be joining us momentarily as she wraps up at the radio station so uh, i'm gonna get things going you know as we left the radio show today she was playing uh Twenty-four hours ago, I want to be sedated, um, and boy, is that is that uh, appropriate uh, now? You know, I mean, it's funny when you start off your your day going, "Well, yesterday was a pretty good day. There weren't any armed surrections at the Capitol building." <laughs> pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. There have been, uh, well, maybe not so funny. It's funny. It's sad. It's it's, uh, but you know. It's things we say. There have been some calls for uh, President Trump to resign. I can't imagine that he would. It just does not seem to be in his character. And apparently, several people who are on on the um, the president's um, staff, those that would have to vote to use the twenty fifth Amendment amendment to remove him, said they talked briefly about it and said, "No, nah, that ain't going to happen." So, um, so you know, we're we're counting down, right? Twelve days to go. Today's the eighth. Uh, President Biden will be sworn in on the 20th. So we have 12 days um, to see, you know, hopefully he, uh, he being President Trump doesn't blow things up anymore. And I mean that figuratively, not literally, I don't think he's going to blow things up. But, uh, but uh, clearly there are, you know, fanatical pro-Trump people out there who might, which is horrifying. Um, you know, four people lost their lives in the events that took place at the Capitol building. And, um, you know, that's, that's a shame, you know, you have a right to free speech. You don't have a right to freely destroy property, whether it be public property or private property, you know, and I felt that way about the people who were, excuse me, not protesters at black lives matter, but looters. Um, in some of the early Black Lives Matter uh, movement things, there were a lot of looters in and around the periphery of that, and they take away from the point that the legitimate protesters were trying to make. Um, and just like the uh, you know the people who are smashing in the Capitol building and uh, and and destroying property and and disrupting the activities of our government are not protesters; they are are thugs and thieves and uh and criminals and they should be treated as such you know um if you were walking legitimately down the down the you know the dc streets protesting you have every right to do that you know we're in america we have that right we have the right to to peaceably assemble and to petition the congress uh petition the government for redress of grievances That's Amendment 1 of the Constitution. And, uh, you know, those people who are doing that have every right to do that. Those people who started smashing and crashing need to go to jail. And uh, they're in the process of doing that. The videos are available online. Um, The FBI is reaching out to people to say, hey, you know, if you look at these videos and you recognize somebody, let us know. Let us know who they were so we can go get them i mean they're going to track them down it's it's not like they don't all have you know their pictures posted on facebook somewhere right so they'll they'll be able to track everybody down uh they can use facial recognition software to find uh, a lot of these people and they will you know of course the guy who who decided to go on the march and smash things in wearing his work uniform with his name tag on uh he was a little easier to find than some of the others um yeah nobody said these people are bright um Anyway, so uh, Betsy DeVos has resigned, apparently. Uh, She said that there's pressure building on the cabinet to remove Trump, um, but that several of the cabinet members had spoken privately and said, you know, with 12 days remaining, that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, I think that all depends on what Mr. Trump is doing. You know, if he is... Uh, doing things that would ultimately undermine our government, then yes he should be removed if he is sitting patiently uh, waiting for his time to elapse and filling out as many uh, pardons as he possibly can, which is what most presidents do in their last few days um, you know then uh, you know go ahead and let him do it let him just do that you know I, I, I don't know what it's like sitting there in the White House. You know, what the president is doing as he gets up every morning and heads down to the Oval Office from the residence. Um, I don't know. I don't know the man. You know, we can all in our mind imagine what's going on, but that's just imagination. You don't know unless you're there. So we'll see what happens. It's, you know, 12 days counting it down. So uh, one of the things we were doing this morning was going through Popular Mechanics' list of of uh, gear of the year stuff that they thought was uh, cool and valuable. and so you know being popular mechanics, it's you know a lot of sort of outdoorsy things and some kind of gadgety things and stuff like that. Uh, the decathlon two seconds easy tent is the best tent that they could find uh, or at least uh, I guess they put some kind of criteria on it. but this is the out outdoor, outdoor gear section. Um, it's a $200 tent. And, uh, you know, it's, given COVID, there's been a lot of people who have said, hey, let's just get out and be outside and away from people. And so camping has become a popular thing. Um, the two seconds easy tent is, uh, isn't is very intimidating for those who are just not used to doing a lot of stuff. Setup is literally super easy. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of pull a couple handles and boop, it pops up. And then you just kind of, you know press a button and squish down on it and it folds itself back up, um, which is nice. And $200 is not too bad of a tent. It doesn't say how heavy it is, so I don't know if it's a packing tent or a, a you know drive-in camping tent. My guess is is it's probably not a super light tent given the price because uh, those who are really, really seriously into backpacking, everything that they put into their pack or on their back has to be super, super light. And they cost a lot more than, than the $200 that, that costs. Um, but, uh, you know, a good tent is something everybody should have. You know, he, if you live anywhere where there, you might have inclement weather or flooding or an earthquake, you should have some sort of a portable shelter you can put up to get by. Um, the the Bivvy Stick Blue is a $350 no-annual service contact provider of sat, satellite communication. So if you're doing backcountry camping and you don't have any signal, uh, this is a way for you to get a text out to somebody and include your GPS location in that. And so uh, it has a built-in uh, SOS button. And uh, the way it works is you buy this thing for 350 bucks and, um, and then you buy uh, basically credits. And one credit equals one text message. And uh, so you can buy several credits, and then when you're out in the back company back country, and there's no cell service, <coughs> excuse me, no cell service, you can also uh, get um, uh, connectivity through the uh, through a satellite. And so you know the, those don't get blocked because they're basically up in the sky. You might have trees in your way if you're if you're um, marching through like uh, you know Redwood National Forest. They're, they do have these you know 200-foot-tall redwood prickly things that uh, can block some satellite view. But even then, you can get to some meadows and clearing, and the whole thing is right near the ocean. So you can get to a beach where you can get to a satellite, get a clear view of the sky, and uh, and get a signal and get a message out. So if you're out camping or hiking and you're injured and you need help, you can call for help. And it's one of those things that... that it's it's pricey, but if you do a lot of backcountry traveling and hiking, even day hiking, you probably should invest in something like that and take it with you because, um, you know, we hear horror stories about people getting stranded or injured or twisting an ankle or something and not being able to uh, to call for help and uh, and sometimes those end really badly um, and you'd hate to think that somebody lost their life from something as simple as, you know, a stumble. And in uh, a broken arm or a broken leg or something like that. So, uh, speaking of being out in the backcountry, the Vasque Breeze AT GTX is a hundred and ninety dollar pair of hiking boots. Um, they have been uh, Vasque has been making these for quite a few years. They are one of the top selling uh, all terrain um, type of boots out there. They actually have one that's called an all terrain. That's a, ver- uh, a version of it that comes with a taller collar. Uh, uh, so that it's uh, uh, a little bit higher up, and they and they have one that's got uh, like TPU mesh as opposed to quite so much leather, so that it's a little bit lighter weight for those uh, warmer climates, um, but still gives you the stability and the and the you know strong sole, and uh, you know if you haven't again if you don't have a good pair of hiking boots and you're and you're planning on hiking at some point, um, you're making a mistake. Get a good pair of hiking boots, and if you plan on sleeping you're probably going to need a good sleeping bag. And they recommend the Sierra Designs Taquito. I just like that it's called a taquito, you know, um, which is a rolled taco, right? So it's a $200 bag. It's not a cheap bag. But again, certain things you just don't want to skimp on. And this is a nice one. It's a down bag, kind of a moderately priced down bag, because those can get very expensive. But it's designed with an extra panel on either side so that you can roll sideways and sleep on your side. So it's not one of those mummy bags where you're basically forced to slay, lay on your back. And for, for people like me, I'm, I'm a stomach sleeper. Naturally, uh, those kind of bags are, are incredibly uncomfortable. I don't sleep well at all because I'm forced to sleep in a position that I don't like sleeping in. I'm uncomfortable sleeping that way. And so, uh, you know, this kind of bag gives you a little bit more room. You can kind of roll onto your side. And if you like sleeping on your left side or your right side, this will um, basically give you that space to do that and so uh and it is a down bag so it's going to keep you uh warm on you know fairly cool evenings and especially if you get a uh, an insulated pad so you can create some separation between you and the ground which is recommended for everybody who has a sleeping bag Um, if you do car camping so you drive into some place and you're just going to camp there with your vehicle. Some people in SUVs they lay down the back seats and just sleep in the SUV. But some people are carrying gear and so they need space and they have they set up a tent next to the SUV or something like this. But there is a world of roof tents, and basically it's a it's a a tent that mounts to the top of the of the SUV or van as a uh, as a flat pancake type of thing that then. Pops up, and so you sleep up on top of your vehicle, and that certainly gives you some ground separation. The roof nest falcon is expensive, but uh, at thirty three ninety five, it's a very nice rooftop bed. So uh, here's Aaron. Good morning.
1: Good morning. So I was continuing. That. My car was confused. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> no worry. Yes, vehicles do need petrol. However little they sip these days, they still use it. He I was a um I was going through the the uh outdoor gear section of the popular mechanics list of stuff. And so oh, cool. uh talked talked about their top uh, uh tent and backpack and the idea of carrying a satellite communicator with you when you're doing backcountry stuff is probably pretty smart if you do it very often just because Stuff happens, and, and, you know, you don't want to end up being stranded and die because you broke an ankle. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, those kind of sad stories happen. If you have a satellite communicator, you don't have to worry about being within cell range, which, you know, some places, some national parks, you, you you don't have to go too far back into them to find out there is no cell range, none at all. And so your maps so, and everything are useless.
1: So let me ask you this. The, 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 the satellite... Um, Is it a, is it a, is it something you add? Oh, my God. There's a, holy cow. I thought this truck was going to hit me. Holy smokes. Sorry.
0: People on the road are crazy.
1: I'm sitting, he didn't, he came close, but he made a really wide turn and I'm sitting at a red light. I mean, I, yeah. So, yikes. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. Your heart's suddenly a-pounding, a-thumpity-thump-thump-thump. So you were talking about satellite communicator.
1: Satellite. So so the satellite communicators, is this a booster you put on your phone, or is this a completely separate thing?
0: So this is a separate device that you can attach to your phone via Bluetooth, and the device itself has an SOS button, so you can push that, and it will basically uh, send a signal out saying, hey... Uh, I assume to some uh, To a service that's run by Bivi Or some other service that monitors these things This is a physical location They'll send GPS coordinates as to where you're at um, But if you have uh, a Smartphone you can download their app And uh, you can send A text via their app Out to the world through a satellite And uh, the way it works It's a $350 device So it's not cheap but it's Small and could be life saving and then you buy credits and each credit equals one text. And so you, you can buy X amount of texts to have with you and their app, when you send a text automatically includes the GPS coordinates of where that was sent. So, you know, if you're out in the middle of the woods and you, you're going to text a family member and say, Hey, I am injured and here's, you know, my coordinates are attached, um, yes. send help or, Hey, Having a great time, all's going good. Just touching base, let you know everything's okay, you know. Or having such a great time, I'm going to stay an extra couple of days. Don't panic. Something like that. So yeah, lots actually, of reasons you might want it. Amazing. Yeah.
1: You know, especially there's a lot of through hikers that, that that well, they may not. Uh, there's a long, a lot of long distance hikers. They may not hike the whole Appalachian Trail, but they might do a thousand miles on it. And, right. Which is still a very, very long way, and. Uh, you know, having some means of communication put family members Mm -hmm. at ease and and help you get of a tight spot if you need
0: to be. Yeah, and very often people who do that also coordinate things like with family members saying, okay, every three days you'll get a text from me, and if you don't get a text from me in three days, uh, you'll at least know what my last coordinates were and which direction I was traveling. And so, um, you know, send help if you don't hear from me uh, by the fourth day. Um, You know, uh scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's just prudent, you know, you you're out in the wilderness stuff happens. It's not stuff that is ever planned on and even the best and most prepared hikers, you know, sometimes things happen. I mean, it's it's uh, You encounter a bear just, or
1: mountain
0: lion. Yep, it's just prudent to have have some way of reaching out to the world and saying, "Hey, I'm here." Or, at the very least, by lack of regular communication, somebody says, hey, something must be up because they were reaching out to us every other day or every three days or whatever the, you know, every night. Um, You know, you can buy as many credits and send as many texts as you want, but you can figure out some way of communicating with people, and if for some reason that communication doesn't come through, that there's somebody who's going to be concerned and come looking for you because, um, you know, you just don't know. And, um you know, the, the the wilderness is a big place. As, as crowded as the world is, there's still big empty spaces that you could go and not be found. You know, um, I, I have been hiking through Redwood National Forest. And while the areas I were, was in were basically day hikes and very nicely defined paths and stuff, you know, all it would take is somebody to get a little off balance and fall off a path. And there were places where I would have rolled down a hill. Nobody would have seen me. They could have walked right yep. by and never seen me because the undergrowth is that thick. There's ferns and, and, and it's just, it's, you know, I, I'd have been gone forest. forever. I'd have been gone forever. Right. Cause yeah, it's a forest. It's, it's the woods. Um, so, you know, prudent to, uh, to provide some kind of safety net. And that's, that's all that is. Um, I like their, their, uh, sleeping bag because I am a stomach sleeper by nature and mummy sleeping bags, while certainly the warmest and the standard for people who are camping and, 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 and backpacking, if you're going to spend the night somewhere, are miserable for me because you are forced to sleep on your back. If you try to sleep on your stomach, you can't put your hands up by your head and you basically, you know, lay with your face in the dirt um, or on a mattress <laughs> pad or something, you know. Sure, I just, that's the. Laugh that sounds awful. Well, it is, you know. I mean, for me, sleeping in, in while camping is, you know, especially if I'm doing backpack camping or in a tent, tent camping is difficult because I'm so totally uncomfortable sleeping on my back. I will, I will lay there and fidget and flop back and forth and finally fall asleep because of exhaustion. Wake up repeatedly because I'm in a position I'm not comfortable with. I just, I am not a back sleeper. When I had surgery on my shoulder and had to sleep with my arm in a sling, so I couldn't, and I literally couldn't roll over because if I did, I was got lots of pain. Um, I it was miserable, you know, for for five or six weeks. I think I was in and, and it, and I was sleep deprived, and and I was grumpy and and not clear thinking, and it was awful. And that and and that gets that happens to me when I go camping unless you have a good backpack like the Sierra Designs Taquito. And um, it's a down bag. It's a $200 bag, which is fairly inexpensive in the world of down sleeping bags. And it has two strips of small square baffles that run up the sides to give it just a little bit more thickness and depth, which allows for people who are at least side sleepers. And I can kind of get by on side to slash stomach. You know, Um, I'll start on my side. I can fall asleep at least that way. And so something like this bag would be a, a godsend for somebody like me who, who just can't deal with a mummy sw- sleeping bag. So, ah, and I love the lovely. name, Takito. And,
1: yeah, and down is light. So, I mean, you think yeah. about backpacking, and a lot of your decisions about what gear to buy um, have to do with how much those, that gear weighs because right. uh, an extra few ounces here and an extra few ounces there adds up quickly because you're, you're doing this with the stuff on your back.
0: So, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had talked about light. that when they were talking about the tent that they recommended because the tent is one of those uh, super easy up, like push two buttons and pull down and it pops up type of tent. So it's super easy to set up, but it doesn't say anything about what the weight is. And my guess uh, is, given the price that it's a 199 tent, that it's not one of the super lightweight backpacking tents. So it's probably no. great for some day camping, but you don't want to walk too far with 30 pounds of tent on your back. Yeah. No. Um, no, you don't. Because, like you said, the, if you're doing a lot of a, a lot of hiking, they literally are measuring ounces and saying, you know, hey, the, this little uh, gas stove weighs, you know, six and a half ounces. That one weighs seven. I'm going with the lighter one, <laughs> even if it right. costs a hundred dollars more, because right. ounces make a difference.
1: It make a difference and if so. you're if you're going over, you know, rocky and and steep terrain. It makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. It's interesting yep. because. One of my one of my dear friends is a thru hiker. Um, she actually has a um, uh, a nonprofit. they are w- working on getting the nonprofit, but it's supportpubliclands.com, supportpubliclands.com. And she hikes all over the country, uh, taking pictures and blogging. And um, she's part of this overall like uh, thru hiking community. Um, and you know, looking at her gear, it's super light. She hikes yeah. in a very light dress um be- because yeah. it's it's super lightweight um uh, and all of her gear is ultra light because it makes a yeah, difference everything,
0: <laughs> everything you pack is yeah they they literally are wearing, weighing out every single thing including the backpacks that they use you know i mean just everything is is, is weighed out and then yes. and then when they pack it they pack it in a specific way to balance it on their backs as well yes. um you know because the heaviest I- thing
1: they have to carry is water
0: right Right. Yeah. And I have no idea when popular mechanics put some of this stuff together, you know, I mean, there's different ways and different types of equipment used for different things. And I and it seems to me like they sort of have a mishmash here, like there wasn't a a consolidated effort to say, hey, let's this is for day hiking and this is for uh, through packing and this is for, uh, you know, car camping, other than obviously the the rooftop tent for the car is for car camping but you know and they also have like coolers and stuff in here so those aren't you know you're not going to be yeah, Those are camping a, a,
1: not backpacking
0: right yeah. um yeah the drive up to your your spot and set up type of camping um they do have a, a backpack that looks interesting it's uh, by a company uh, called gregory and the model they recommend is the 65 liter maven although there's a slightly larger air quotes, men's model. I mean, I suppose men, male or female is irrelevant. There's a slightly larger model and a slightly smaller model. But the Maven is $250. And they, I'm not quite sure, they used the word glommed. When it glommed onto our back, which that seems negative to me, but uh, I guess that was their choice of words. Um, they it's said that it fit.
1: Parasite glommed on Yeah, your back. yeah. <laughs> which I guess is
0: maybe a good thing, right? I mean, it sticks on so that it feels like it's part of you kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but they said that you know it fit very naturally, and as they scrambled up over rocks and bounded down trails, that it was it stayed comfortable and put, and that's just, that's saying something because you know a 65 liter uh, backpack is a fairly good sized backpack. There's a lot of room in a 65 liter backpack. Um, they did say that the suspension system was great, but that the uh, that the air gap was a little small, and that it was just a little sweaty. But that they would take being a little sweaty for the comfort of uh, you know having a backpack that wasn't unwieldy, uh, any day. So, so, and here's something that's kind of new to the world of camping. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're doing, like I said, setup camping where you're driving in and setting up your camp off your, your car or truck, uh, you know, you've got coolers and all kinds of stuff. And some people used to bring generators. Well, a lot of people now are bringing battery packs and the goal zero Yeti 500 X, because that's a good name. It's $700. It's not cheap, but it's got two AC power ports, uh, USA, US, uh, uh, US, USB-A, USB-C. Um, it's got a car port, um, and on a, a single charge, it got them through two and a half days of heavy use uh, oh, wow! While, test, while testing it out at home. So they were using it a lot at home. Now they say heavy use, you know. Your heavy use and my heavy use might be different things, so I don't know what that really means. That's not a very um, objective it's measure, but yeah, it's yeah. but uh, but nonetheless, I've looked at these and thought about you know, hey, when the power is out, would I, you know, what value would I have? And in my mind, I guess if you're doing that at, for something at home, a gas generator and keeping a can of uh, of gas around is still makes more sense because you want enough current to be able to like not lose all the food in your fridge you know and that's not going to run off of a battery very long so you need need something that's going to provide some continuous current but uh, anybody who does that remember you don't bring the generator in the house the gas engines do put off exhaust and you will die uh put it outside and run a cord in yep <laughs> please yes yeah,
1: follow no, say, follow say, the instructions no
0: yeah yeah, and if you don't have a carbon monoxide monitor in your house, get one. Yes. A ridiculous amount of people die of carbon monoxide poisoning every year, and most uh, good smoke detectors these days have them in them. And I don't know if you've bought a smoke detector in the last few years or not, but uh, almost all of them now have a 10-year battery in them. So if they're not one that's wired in that was built into your house— Or if those, for some reason, have quit working and you want to get a new one, it's not one that, like, every six months it's beeping at you to tell you to replace your batteries. You put them in, and they're good for 10 years.
1: And in 10 years, you hear this beeping. You're like, what the heck is that?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it always happens at 3 a.m. I mean, these things never run out of juice in the middle of the day. (laughs) At 3 a.m., something goes off. You bounce out of bed going, what? What? What is that? (laughs) <laughs> in a panic, your heart pounding out of your chest, and, you'll, and then you feel you find out that it's this thing that you stuck to your ceiling ten years ago that's beeping, and now you can't go to sleep till you deal with it. So in the, in the dead of night, when you're half awake, you're going to go find a ladder and climb up to your ceiling and beat the snot out of this stupid little box <laughs> to shut it up, because the little button that's on the side never does anything.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is is that not an accurate description of, of oh, no, every smoke accurate. detector ever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, oh, that, is, yes. that is the life we lead. So they do have some, at the bottom of the list, they have some uh, favorite, they call it play, but it's electronics. And so some of it's work. It's not necessarily play, but it's our favorite gadgets and devices. So best handhold console. Now... I can only think of one handheld console that's sold in the United States or anywhere, is the Nintendo Switch. I guess they have the Switch and the Switch Lite. And they're saying the Switch Lite, by virtue of it being $100 less, is the one that they're going to say is the best handheld console. That seems like almost a non-needed category. There's only one option. There isn't a handheld anything other than Nintendo.
1: So why is Nintendo still the only company that does that?
0: I think I mean, because they so dominated that that, they, that everybody else who's tried to do it, Sony tried to make a handheld player that ran off of little mini-discs and stuff and had better video and better games than the than the old Game Boy did, and the Game Boy just kicked its butt, you know. <laughs> it's, and, and nowadays, you know, you can take your entire console with you, which is sort of what Sony did years ago, but Nintendo just owns that market. I mean, there's just no competition there. You know, talk huh. about somebody who should be broken up for their Monopoly...
1: Yeah, no kidding, Nintendo.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like punishing gamers, companies gamers for loyal. success. Yeah, they are, and that's part of it. Is you know when you went from your your original uh, Game Boy to the Color Game Boy to the you know to the dual screen Game Boy and you know those you stay with them, you stay with that company. You like their games, you like their stuff, and uh, I think they figured out a long time ago that. Um, you know, you don't have to have the complexity of vi- graphics, but you do have to have interesting games. And so they, they build their own games, which I think has been their key to success. To be honest, I'll tell you what the number one gaming device is. It, it, it's not a Nintendo. It's it's a phone, you know, whether it be Android or iPhones. These days.
1: Oh, yeah. I play you know. games on my phone all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. how I de-stress.
0: Yeah. And so does half the world. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, if they, if they're going to be honest with themselves, the the best handheld gaming device is not not the Nintendo Switch at all. It's it's the one you already own. It's your Internet communicator slash game device slash phone slash.
1: slash y- yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh,
1: but I would not call myself a gamer. And so maybe that's yeah. the difference is most people who play yeah. on their phones are not.
0: They're yeah, well, there's a category gamers. that's called casual gamers, and that's what most of us are with our phones, right, is you a know, casual gamer. Like you said, you do it to de-stress, you play, you know, and everybody has their own kind of game. I mean, you know, we think of gamers and we think of people playing, you know, things like Destiny and, and and uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other games off the top of my head. But, you know, you think of these big console-type games and— yeah, well, Minecraft's not even a big console game. It started on on smaller devices, but uh, but those kinds of things, you know, and and those of us who play games on our phones are playing, you know, Candy Crush or or puzzle games. I play a whole bunch of like Yahtzee. I've got a Yahtzee app that I play, and you can play a game of Yahtzee in in two minutes. And you know, when you especially when you're just playing against the computer, but you can play against other people if you want as well. So, although it's frustrating, I found that if you it, the the app that I have allows you to just play against random people. And so um, you know if you pick somebody random to play against one of three things happens they'll either play the game with you and it's you know have and you have a good experience but just as likely because they're all about equal likely to happen is uh, you'll take just a few seconds too long to respond and they'll get tired of waiting and so they'll quit quit the game or you'll be clearly beating them and they quit the game
1: <laughs> Yeah I I don't want to deal with other people when I'm de-stressing. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to deal with them. Yeah.
0: Um, well, it's, it's incredibly frustrating when two-thirds of the time they quit the game for one reason or another, and you're like... Argh. Exactly. Like, come I'm on, finish like the game. It's not distressing anymore. It's 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 like, you know, a, a two-minute commitment. How hard is that? So, yeah. They also yeah. say best tablet is the Microsoft Surface Pro 7. I disagree vi- a lot. Uh, the best router is the Google Nest Wi-Fi. Um I wouldn't trust Google with processing any of my data in and out of my house if you paid me. Um, but okay. Uh, best lap- laptop is the 2020 MacBook Air with the new M1 processor. I would probably agree with that, but it's pretty new and still hard to say. I mean, if I were buying a new laptop, that's the one I would get. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, and see, they don't even have, they're, they're saying 2020 MacBook Air, they don't even have the M1 in here. They're talking about the i5 processor upgrade and and still buying an Intel one, and that I would never give anybody that advice. I so, said, you know, if you're buying a Mac, don't buy one that runs on Intel chips. Those are going to be phased out over the next couple of years. So why on earth would you buy one? I mean, they'll still work for the next, you know, seven or eight years, probably the full lifetime of the computer, and it'll be fine. But why buy into the older technology? I, that would make no sense to me uh best wireless earbuds by a company called EarFun. Never heard of them. But they're 60 bucks.
1: Yeah, and I don't care enough fun. about having wireless ear earbuds to to spend that on there. I the cord is not annoying enough to me to spend 60 bucks.
0: Yeah. It's funny though. I'll tell you, I I thought that too, but almost to a person if you talk to somebody who has uh not just wireless earbuds, but specifically AirPods and, and Apple devices, so an iPhone or an, a, a Mac or something. If you talk to them when they get their AirPods, about a month after they have have gotten them, they will tell you they were life-changing. And they'll have a real hard time explaining why and how that they put a finger on it, but they are... It's just... It's it's a different way of interacting with your device when you don't have Interesting. wires. And, and it's 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 funny to hear them struggle to explain why. But they all just rave about it. So... Uh, they say the best smartwatch is the Apple Watch Series 6, and the best action cam is the GoPro Hero 9 Black, which you have to specify the Hero 9 Black, because uh, GoPro, for a while, has has said, you know, the Hero, insert number of whatever year it is, so what version of it is. I happen to have a, a GoPro Hero 4 Silver, but the color that comes after it, the black, the silver, the gold, or whatever they call them... Um, specifically identifies a feature set for that, that GoPro. So you need to be aware of, of oh, the,
1: so it's not just the color. It's, it's
0: what it it's right. It, it, yeah. It's the so model. the GoPro, the GoPro hero black is not telling you that the device is black. It's telling you that the black series is different from the silver series is different from the, and I don't know the names of the other colors, but yeah, you have to be aware of that. And so, uh, Yeah, you know, I imagine that this is a much better GoPro than my Series 4 is. I never used my Series 4 enough to justify upgrading um, to another one, but uh, this one has a Horizon leveling feature in its app so that it can um, get super smooth footage um, and does um, automatic correction for jostling of the camera so it smooths out the video. It also records in 5K, not just 4K, so you can crop into it and still have a 4K video. And the battery is larger and lasts up to thirty percent longer. So, yay, nice. GoPro! It's 450 fifty fifty dollar device. So if you're you know don't spend that money unless you really seriously want to shoot some some high end videos for outdoors, you know, in a in yeah, a challenging I, environment. I, yeah,
1: I don't shoot videos of myself, so um, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I won't be getting one. But for people who like that. Sort of thing, yeah,
0: well, and there's a lot of people who do you know have YouTube channels on on unboxings and openings and if you're if your area is doing reviews of you know like bicycles or or skateboards or something like that, then you've got to be you've got to have one of these kind of cameras you know yeah yep, but yep. uh you know if you don't do that, then I think the market for these kind of things went down significantly when the cameras oops when the cameras got better and better in the phones. You know? Yes. I mean, to yes. this point, most people go, eh, I don't do enough of it to, to justify spending 450 bucks on a camera, but I, you know, I'll use my phone when I need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're really just talking about the mountain biker who wants to affix it to his hat, his helmet, you know? You're talking about the, you know, right. the skier who, you know, they want to affix it to their goggles or whatever, you know, or how, I don't know how big these things are anymore, but, yeah. um, you know. About half the
0: size of a pack of cards. Okay. if you were so, yeah, to you cut cards,
1: cards your in chest half, or yeah.
0: whatever yeah yeah they're 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 tiny and very light and uh you know they, if they've got some built-in um, stabilization and stuff that uh works well then uh, i imagine that they're pretty uh you know pretty good cameras i mean they were pretty good cameras in series four so by the time you get to series nine um i imagine they're even better cameras, you know, and they've done more than just add, you know, uh, uh, resolution They're you know, they're, they work better in lower light than they used to. They've got better lensing. I mean, that kind of stuff continues to improve over time, uh, as you know, they benefit from the better phone cameras as much as anybody else, because that same technology is being used here. So... They uh, and, and people like DJI, they make one that's built into, it's basically on a handle, and the handle itself is a gimbal, so that you basically have um, a almost, you know, Hollywood quality stabilization thing. You can lock it onto something uh, visually, and then walk with it, and it'll stay locked on it and smooth out the video, so you'd go running after somebody, and it would look like you were panning after them smoothly.
1: Huh. I, you I, can, like, uh, I was going to ask you, what's a gimbal? <laughs>
0: Yeah. A gimbal is a, uh, a pivot point that allows you to pivot in all directions and an automated gimbal or or is an an auto balancing gimbal is one that then uh, basically stabilizes the, the camera so that no matter which way you move, it gives you that steady cam shot. So you could then go out into the woods and duplicate, uh, the speeder chase from star Wars, you know, um, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. You could, uh, you know, shoot it and uh, shoot it slow, and then speed it up, and it would look like you're flying through the forest uh, perfectly smoothly.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool if you have a use for it. If you don't, then it's it's cool that, you know, but you're not going to do it. So, right. Um, you know, it has limited areas where it's of use. But if you do that kind of thing, there's no way to get around or fake it. You know, you've got to have that kind of tool. So.
1: So, have you ever looked online for, like, gone to Eventbrite and looked for online events? You know, we've been locked down for a while, <laughs> and so you know, a lot of events that that you know that entertainers. I've never would have heard done, of
0: Eventbrite.
1: And, you've never heard of Eventbrite?
0: <laughs> nope. So, Eventbrite, no is the answer for me.
1: Event, I've never event, done that. Go, go to Eventbrite, and it's spelled B-R-I-T-E, not. Not B R I G H T. It's B R I T E, and it's filled with events and and things to do. Like there's a virtual guided tour of Buckingham Palace, and cool. if you want to do yoga or meditation, or there's comedy shows, a uh, virtual gu- guided tour of the Old City of Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Um, it there's all kinds of things going on.
0: Uh, Sounds interesting. That
1: are, yeah, it really is um there's one that's uh light land and water native and non-native visions of new england um lots of yoga actually on here um and classes like uh there's one that's you know <laughs> to teach you how to have a better digital presence there's a lots um, of yoga <laughs> yeah there's lots of yoga cuz you can do that online pretty easily right um, well and these one, days
0: that that makes sense right
1: yeah i mean it does um there now this one is is sold out there was a, a roast Roast of 2020 Virtual Beer Fest, and it's sold out. Now,
0: how's a virtual event sold out? I don't understand that.
1: Well, because people are bored, Todd.
0: Yeah, but how does it sell out? How does it, I mean, it's a virtual event.
1: I, I get that. I don't know, but they, they, I
0: don't know. That's what baffles, unless like when you sign up, they send you a kit that says, here's the beers that we're going to drink, go buy these, yeah, or, or better yet, here's a case of these beers, you know, one of each kind.
1: I'm guessing because it is a beer fest, that that's what they're uh-huh. going to do. One of them. This yeah. one's also sold out. Witching, witch hunting, old and new. It's a lecture. It's sold out.
0: That's weird. How do you sell out a lecture on this virtual? That I guess they just say they're this, they're going to limit it in order to make it more to to feel like you know hurry sign up because you might miss it. Yes. Maybe that's just a a choice that's made. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so and chef Carla Hall. Who is who was one of the top? She's been on Top Chef several times. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know who she is. Love yeah, she's her, cool. and she yeah. says, "I eat she's no breakfast.
1: I eat I eat no for breakfast, a virtual brunch." And so um, that one is on January 16th. That actually sounds really interesting. I like her so much. Um, it's um, tickets start at eighteen dollars and sixty seven cents. So uh-huh. um, there's interesting. A, a, yeah, all kinds of lectures. A, a lecture here. Uh, 46 President, A Conversation with Joe Biden, biographer Evan Osnos. Um, another sold-out event is Harriet Tubman and, Maryland, and Maryland's Underground Railroad livestream tour. Um, yeah, it's really cool stuff. National Virtual Career Fair, um, How to Invest, hmm. all kinds of stuff.
0: Well, if you don't want to watch football playoffs this weekend, there you go.
1: Yeah. We'll see if there's and some of them are doing. happening all, at all different times. Sure. Sure. Um, Um, there's one Black Laughs Matter uh, virtual comedy show which probably is going to be pretty darn good
0: Um, (laughs) Black Laughs Matter I like that
1: isn't that cute that's cute
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so of course you you know there's going to be
0: somebody out there who has no sense of humor going you're taking away from our 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 our, uh, movement I hope that the comedian I hope that the comedians look him in the face and go really yeah (laughs) lighten up dude yeah
1: So So, anyway, so people are looking for something to do. Yeah, Um, you know, Eventbrite is a great place to find uh, things to do, and if you are hosting something, you know, then you put it there, and um, Uh you can search by category, by date, format, language, etc. So
0: cool. Well, and you know, I just dawned on me why they might actually sell out, and that is that you know, if you're actually doing if if you're allowing interaction. Right. So if you can talk to the person who's hosting and interact with them in a Zoom meeting, you know, there's only a certain amount of people you can put into that kind of a thing and not right. just pull your hair out. And so uh, and so you would limit the number of people allowed in there so that then when you're sitting there talking to the chef and saying, hey, okay, I'm trying to do this, but mine doesn't look like yours, you can point the camera at it and go, see, mine's all soupy. And they go, oh, well, you forgot to add the flour. Or, hey, did you ever try, you know, here's something you can do to rescue that. You don't have to throw it out. Or maybe you just need to throw it out. <laughs> <You> know." <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, oh, but, uh, yeah, that, that
1: can't be helped.
0: <laughs> right. But that, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we've all been there. Um, but, uh, you know, if they're doing something like that, I could absolutely see why they would then limit the number of people in a virtual event, because you're actually interacting with people in the event, not just sitting and watching, you know. Yes. Which that would be, that that actually would add a lot to it. Like if you... If you're doing a virtual walk through Buckingham Palace or something, you know, it'd be nice to be able to then say, hey, what was that thing that you just went past? Can you tell us a little bit about that 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 suit of armor over there, you know, and have that that person stop and say, oh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, from 1543 when King Lefty, you know, punched out his kid brother and uh, and then hid in this suit of armor. Did you know uh, what
1: I have a little trivia for you. I think we're talking about Buckingham Palace. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: what year was Buckingham and you can't Google this. What year was Buckingham Palace constructed?
0: Well it's probably constructed over a course of multiple years.
1: Um No. There, it was done in the year. Well apparently so I'm looking you at it. You wanna
0: bet? <laughs> okay, just no, I give bet, me a hard, then, Todd. If, if they're giving you a date, I'm guessing it's probably when they, like, broke ground or when they opened the, the first okay, whatever. building. whatever. What is the date? Um, so, uh, I don't know. Let's say... I'm going to say... Uh, 1485.
1: No. 1703.
0: Oh, it's not as old as I thought. So, yeah.
1: 1703.
0: 1703. So...
1: Yeah,
0: not quite a hundred years before the Americans went. We don't like you. We're going to be on our own now. That's right. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> so Buckingham Palace is uh, is kind of a newbie. That's interesting because there's a lot of things in Europe that are really old. I mean, hundreds of years old. And
1: you oh, yeah. would think
0: that maybe like the you know a a, a symbol of of the monarch monarchy would be you know, something that's been there a long time, but i suppose there probably were other palaces that they used and maybe there are still other palaces that they used or maybe when they decided to switch to buckingham palace they then you know tore down the other ones or something but that's yeah. interesting
1: it is it is interesting um I, I know the apartment building that my host brother lived in austria lived in he was going to the university of vienna was built mm-hmm. in the 12th century so yeah. um you know they're yeah. apartment they're... building <laughs> yes
0: the 12th century yes yet yet the yet the uh the the castle from which the queen sits is is like you know a couple hundred years 300 wow yeah (laughs) not like that's not like that's a new place you know i mean i'm sure they've had to update the plumbing and heating a few times and fix the roof but uh,
1: (laughs) yes among other things i'm sure yeah
0: i imagine it's not quite as drafty as it was when they first built it although um i'm guessing you know we we assume that you know like people 300 years ago built things that were like shoddily put together and, and drafty. And my guess is, is that it probably wasn't that it was probably pretty well built from the get go that there were actually craftsmen who knew what they were doing and knew how to do good stonework and build good solid doors that, that sealed well.
1: <laughs> Roman The Roman aqueducts are still there. So, yeah, you know, yeah. ancient people and, knew how to build things too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they managed to do it just fine. You know, it's, I think that we, uh, as, as, human beings tend to look back at older times thinking that, you know, like I said, that the people somehow were deficient and stuff. And you realize that, you know, that, uh, that once the modern human was walking around, that that modern human, uh, was a modern human, fully modern human. <laughs> you know, they, they maybe spoke a different language than we do, but, but, uh, you know, they found human bones that are, you know, thousands of years old. And those people, walked and talked and had families and were able to reason and think just like we can, Um, you know, they didn't know uh, some of the stuff that hadn't been discovered or invented yet, but, but they were just like you and me, you know? Yes.
1: And and frankly, if we went back to their time, we couldn't survive.
0: Right. Yeah. We, we don't have the skill sets to live during that time and they probably don't have the skill sets to live during this time. So.
1: So Um, we are at the end of our show for this week.
0: Oh, my, my wife just sent puppy pictures. Oh, one of them is like, we have these like recliner and he's like laying in the recliner with his head up against the side of it. He just looks so cute. Little Gus, just snuggling up in the chair and kicking back in the recliner with the other two so in we'll, the background laying we'll, on a blanket. Anyway, we got to go.
1: We will leave that image with our listeners for oh, to ponder over the weekend.
0: So <laughs> that's right, it's Friday. Happy weekend, everybody. Let's let's pray for peace in, in, in our time. <laughs> Indeed. So, I'm Todd Brinker.
1: <laughs> I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.